acceptable in your sight, O God, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. If some of us keep a mental list titled, Things I Wish Jesus Hadn't Said, his words from today's gospel reading might go on that list. One of Jesus' disciples suggests that it is a poor use of resources for Mary of Bethany to anoint Jesus' feet with very expensive perfume. Judas points out that if that perfume had been sold, they would have a big pot of money to give to the poor. And Jesus says these troubling words. You always have the poor with you, but you do not always have me. The prophet Isaiah calls to mind an image of wilderness, a wilderness in which God makes a way. I know for many of us, including me, Wilderness is the place we more easily feel close to God. Many of us retreat to the out-of-doors to find fresh air and open space, to clear our minds and refresh our spirits, to find God in the beauty of green-growing things and mountaintop views. But this is not the wilderness Isaiah knew, and the kids were much closer on target in talking about wilderness. In Isaiah's time, wilderness was primarily associated with danger. There was no safe or comfortable travel route. The constant possibility of danger from wild animals or human ambush. Wilderness in Isaiah's geography was dry, desert, a place where you could die from lack of water. Wilderness was a place of uncertainty, chaos, and danger. So if we set aside our own visions of natural beauty, I think we know something about the wilderness Isaiah speaks of. We know what it is to live with uncertainty and danger. We know what it's like to feel like our world is in chaos. Just think about Davis. In our worship brainstorm last month, we talked about the wider context in which we worship, the context of our community and our world. One participant described the experience of life in Davis over the past year as perhaps a loss of innocence. Davis has always felt like such a safe community. But over the past year, we've seen an increase in home burglaries and robberies on the Greenbelt. We saw a sexual assault at Davis Community Church while the farmer's market was going on across the street. And most recently, we've seen a brutal physical assault of a young man which included the use of homophobic slurs. We have our own version of living in a wilderness like Isaiah's, surrounded by chaos, uncertainty, and danger. Sometimes we know this clearly, and sometimes we bury our heads in the sand because it seems too hard to take. There's only so much anxiety one can endure. It's easier to bury our heads in the sand about the wilderness of our community and especially the chaos and danger of the global wilderness. But what about the wilderness inside us? What about the ways we wrestle with our own fears and faults and failures? What about the uncertainty of figuring out how to be a good enough parent, how to make ends meet financially, how to hold it together at work? We have our own various versions of Isaiah's wilderness. And sometimes we just bury our heads in the sand. 
But much of our lives is not felt spent in Isaiah's wilderness, or so we like to think. Instead, we live in the comfort of our homes, the comfort of communities of familiar and like-minded family and friends, in the comfort of neighborhoods where other people are comfortable too. Starbucks is generally not a wilderness. There are countless ways to insulate ourselves from the wilderness aspects of our world, all those things we use to escape. At worst, this includes drugs and alcohol. At best, we surf the internet and watch TV. We're guilty of seeking the illusion at times that everything is all right, that if we can be comfortable, things are going okay in the world. And there's another way to cope other than burying our heads in the sand, other than trying to create an illusion that we are somehow apart from that wilderness. One other way we might deal with our fear of the wilderness of our world is to try to control it. We can imagine that we have the right answer, even the only right, the best answer for how to respond to uncertainty and danger. Sometimes we can even think it's a quick fix to grasp onto an answer instead of living with uncertainty. We then imagine that our preferred course of action would solve the problems that plague us. This gives us a way to feel right or even righteous. I imagine that Judas felt righteous, pointing out that expensive perfume is a complete waste of resources in the face of poverty in our community. Rather than sit with the discomfort of the poor around him, of this act of love for Jesus, he moved instead to the comfort of the right answer. Jesus accepted the gift of one woman. In this version, it's Mary. Jesus accepted the gift of one woman's devotion to him as she anoints his feet with perfume. Going back to last week's scripture and sermon, Mary is performing a prodigal act, an act of extravagant generosity, extravagant to the point of being wasteful. This passage is a troubling Bible passage for many of us because Jesus accepts and affirms the use of costly perfume on him. Jesus says, you always have the poor with you. And some Christians, I'm ashamed to say, have even used this passage as a justification of a social order that includes the poor, as some kind of sign that some people are destined to be poor. No wonder this passage troubles us. And perhaps part of what's troubling is that Jesus' words happen to be true about our world today, and we would like to forget that that is true. We'd like to live with the illusion that our world is safe and comfortable, or at least the small corners of the world we personally inhabit. Many of us, not all of us, but many of us have the ability to live in neighborhoods where we will not find ourselves side by side with folks who are poor, not living right around us. We would just like to make Jesus' troubling words go away, just as we'd like to make the problems of our society or our world go away. The prophet Isaiah brings his people a message directly from God. After all, that's the job description of a prophet. He says this, I am about to do a new thing. I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. We don't have to escape the wilderness. We don't have to insulate ourselves with illusions of security and comfort. 
Because God gives us a way to live in the wilderness, a way to navigate the wilderness. And in the midst of insecurity, we feel, God promises to nourish and sustain us. God gives, again from Isaiah, water in the wilderness, rivers in the desert. As always, Jesus is the one who shows us the way. So what is the way in the wilderness? This is the way. We do all we can to open our whole selves to God's presence and guidance. We open our eyes wide to the realities around us and trust that our God and our faith equip us to navigate difficult terrain. We also can have the humility to acknowledge that the problems in our world are complex. We can have compassion on the one who opts to perfume the feet of one she loves, rather than judge one another's actions through a harsh and narrow lens. We open our eyes wide to reality because Jesus showed us how to do it. Jesus saw the poor and despised around him. And the words of today's reading are just a small sliver of the picture of how Jesus interacted with the poor. Jesus befriended the poor. He healed them. He reintegrated them into community where they had been separated. He sat down at meals with them. And sometimes he fed them. And in doing these things, this is the model of how Jesus is with all of us. When navigating the wilderness, we look around us, and we seek out the ones who seem to have lost their way. Jesus remind, reminded us that God helps the lost find their way, and that when we are lost, God goes out of her way, or out of his way, to help us find a way. We seek out the ones who are measured as last in a world that values first, or the ones who are least in a world that is seeking the most, because Jesus taught us that these are the ones who are fit in God's eyes, because Jesus taught us that if we care for the last and the least, we are ministering directly to Jesus himself. In the face of the wilderness of our own lives, we hear God's words again, and trust in God's promise. I am about to do a new thing. I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. So this is my invitation to you. Take heart, have courage, trust God to nourish and sustain you, to quench your thirst. And with this trust, know that you can walk in God's ways as you navigate the wilderness of life. Amen.